Hello and welcome to Gundam, I hardly know him, the book club style podcast where we tackle every Gundam series and movie in release order. I'm Michael Pippen and I'm joined by three guys who, well, three guys who I was able to hypnotize using my new type abilities to leave their other podcast to now join this podcast to join this bad podcast. Uh, we got Alex. I'm very happy to be here today. We've got Simon. What's up? I want to fuck cots. <laughs> All right, we got Christian. Did you miss me? They won't miss you because because I missed you. And I'm glad to be back. Alright guys, welcome back to season two of the show. We are covering Mobile Suit Data Gundam. On this yeah. episode, we're gonna cover episodes thirty-seven through fifty, the grand finale of Zeta. The grand finale. Um, <clears throat> a little behind the curtain, uh this is it's been a long day, and I think that uh multiple uh multiple of us have partaken in many drinks and um other vices tonight, so this podcast might be a little bit off the rails. We might get a little bit blue, but uh, all in the name. Hey, we um, might get a little bit honest. Okay, true. honestly, like mm-hmm. we've like we we've been recording this um audio medium up until this point, and you know we've been kind of putting on our game faces. Mm-hmm. We've been kind of you know like prepping for the big game. Mm-hmm. It's all it. We're off, we're off script tonight, baby. Um, and I'm just really excited to dive into these. Um, I don't know, Alex, Christian, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> oh yeah, so I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, hey, the gloves hey, are I'm off, running, man. I'm running. I'm running the show now. <laughs> okay. I wanted to see where you, where you took that, so I'm happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 just no, to demonstrate. Me, just to demonstrate how big tonight's gonna be. If you don't want to listen to this, turn it off now. We're committed to the bit tonight. No, it'll be good. Um, I liked all these episodes. I really liked the space battles in mm-hmm. particular, and I really liked, um, I really liked the development of who is the long-haired pink girl that Sarah. is for the zombie fa- family. Oh, oh, Haman, 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 Haman. I really liked Haman Khan. I cannot wait to talk yes. about yeah. Haman Khan. Actually, yeah, uh, we can th- we can let Alex talk about that. He was mentioning that before we started recording, actually. Oh really? Yeah, okay. I'm very excited. Uh, you know, in a little episode, you're gonna hear us talk about our material list, and yeah, I I'm going on the record right now saying I was wrong about my ranking of Harmon. I completely agree with that, Alex. Yeah. I was right there with you, and I kind of well because I think the thing was like we were kind of rating her as mids because we, I she just got like kind of. I think disproportionately fleshed out in these last couple episodes because when we mm. um rated her, she was kind of, you know, this guardian of the zombie family, kind of this it, it seemed to me at the time that we rated her like this diehard zombie um character in which like, you know, her she was very two dimensional in the fact that she like, you know, just kind of would do whatever to protect the zombie family. But I think in these last couple episodes she kind of 
um, really became a bit more transparent about her motives, and yes. I really liked her. I don't know. I don't know if you all felt the same way, but you know yeah, what? I it would have been cool if Axis came in on the scene a little bit earlier. If they, you know, um, to kind of mix things up, because there was a stretch mm-hmm. that became a little repetitive, and I think um, things could have been more interesting. And yes, uh, I, you know, saying that, um, it would have been nice to get more Haman. Uh, she's my favorite villain, I think. And I love how she, you know, was playing Aug and the Titans off of each other and like trying to piece things out. And you know what? The Zabi family comes out on top at the end of things. So she, in a way, kind of wins. Uh, uh yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, we'll, we'll definitely get to it later in the episode, but when Axis come into the fold and we have like this three way kind of battle and like the struggle for power between three entities, I feel like that really uh, kind of made everything a little bit more interesting. Uh, before we Absolutely. do get into the meat of the episode, I did just want to take a minute to appreciate how beautiful this show is. I think that we've, yes. we've definitely <laughs> talked about. Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, I think that visually like, this this show is so visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had it on just in the background, like without the sound on, um, when I was just doing some chores, just on the TV, and I was just blown away by just how yeah how striking it is and how beautiful the designs are. So um, I just kind of wanted to give us the opportunity to talk about you know what we thought about the visuals. You know, we mentioned in the past how it seemed like halfway through the series things got ramped up a little bit. But I think especially these last, these ending episodes, the details of the mobile suits, the character designs, I feel like everything was was in a very good sweet spot. Christian, what were your thoughts on uh, the visuals of the show? So um, after I finished watching the show, I was kind of looking up, you know, YouTube videos and just kind of some behind the scenes information on the show. And um, really? Really? Yes. Yes, indeed, Simon. And, and let me tell you what <laughs> I found awesome. out. Hey, uh, you know this is obvious, but Zeta has a bigger budget than zero zero seven nine, and um, there's a lot of the same team that has come back, but there are some new faces, and I can't remember uh some of those names. But Yushioki uh, Tomino's obviously still the director, and there's a, some some of the same um uh, folks doing uh character design and um, mech design but i think you know zeta um had a bigger budget and so it was a lot more beautiful and just you know was well done it gundam had made a name for itself you know mm-hmm. and uh so by the time zeta came around uh things were things were rolling so and that's definitely evident in the show absolutely Alex, what what about you? What do you think about visually how the show uh, stacks up? It's so beautiful. Like, yeah, I agree. I, I was watching it. I've been on a few different times when I had it on in the background. I stopped and kind of admired it for a second. And the space battle, especially in the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. blew me away. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's it, whenever we started watching it, I didn't. Quite quite appreciate how much better it looks than 0079 but i did go back and watch uh some clips recently from the original series and was just like wow that looks so just mediocre compared to zeta Uh uh-huh 
and I, I think that we still have quite a while of, of this style. And I think that we have quite a few series and movies to watch where it's still going to be in the same style. And I'm, I'm stoked, especially these the upcoming OVAs and movies, I feel like, look, yeah. from what I've seen, look incredible. There was, a, Zeta came out in 85, right? Yes. All right, so there's like a six-year, you know, difference between the two shows. And it's it's really neat going right from zero seventy uh seventy nine into Zeta, just like having that immediate just change that's so stark. Um, I think that was one of the fun things. Yeah, even uh, even the first episode just blew me away. But like how it, just the animation, like of the actions of Camille getting into that fight, and then the whole scene of them flying through the spaceship was so much more interesting uh-huh. than we saw it. Yeah, definitely. Simon, did you uh, have any standout designs or um, you know character mobile suit? Anything that stood out to you as something that you really liked? I just thought that they were experimenting with like the um the mobile suit designs of how like different that they all were because kind of in zero zero seventy nine they were all kind of the same kind of I think stereotypical like mech design that they were kind of going for but especially in the later part of uh Zeta they had a ton of really unique mobile suit designs which I really appreciated I kind of like wrote them off initially as like kind of like oh that like looks like a bug or like that looks like a weird like you know like curvature that like isn't really traditional to like you know mobile suits or anything but I um, it's actually funny because I was watching it um whilst I had like you know my partner's family in town, and I was kind of forced to explain some of the you know mobile suit design to them because I also have like a ton of the uh, figurines. Have you heard of those? <laughs> the, the little gumplas. <laughs> I had those all perched around um my house, and those are great great seeds for conversation. Oh, with people that um don't necessarily appreciate mobile suit designs. You know, I have to say I've never heard of these figurines you're talking about. Oh no, it looks Ugh. like Simon's deceased. <laughs> Joe killed him. Oops, my bad. My bad. <laughs> so bad he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. <man>. Well, <laughs> one one thing I wanted to say about the uh, mobile suits in this show. Is- Cool. It feels like every character has like a unique design. Yeah, and it like, makes it kind of com- easy sometimes to like check it and be like, if I look away, like I don't know who's. Oh, I, I recognize the, I recognize the suit, so I know who's who's in the scene right now. That's a great yeah. point, actually. There's only like a couple of characters that pilot the same suit, like Rekawa and Ha, for a little while. Would sometimes be they'd pilot that pilot that same suit, the but for the most part. Yeah, the Methus, yeah, but for the most part, everyone else kind of has their own, you know, their own suit. There's, like, a couple of different uh, AU dudes, like Opoly, and the then there's, like, another guy who pilot the same, Isaac or whatever, but for the most part, everybody has their own, you know, their own mobile suit to pilot, which is, makes everything easier, uh, visually. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of Haman Karns, the Quibbly, but... I think what it does is pretty fucking sick. And I wonder if that's the first time in Gundam that you see those 
little drones that pop out of the yeah, the actual mobile the, suit. The funnels. Yes. Um, that is really cool. And I want, you know, sometimes those designs that are, like, really wonky at first, at least to me, sometimes they end up growing on me. Yeah, um, I will say that that, the, was it called the qui- Quible? Quible? Quibbly, yeah. Uh, it, I had seen the, um, you know, the model kit of it quite a bit, and I had always thought it looked stupid. But actually seeing it in action, seeing it animated, and seeing it move, kind of with the, um, like, realizing that the point of the flaps are to let the funnels, the, the funnels, uh-huh. like, you know, fly away. I was kind of like, this kind of has grown on me, you're right. And I think that we will get more of that mobile suit going forward with the story or that style. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of glad that I'm a little bit more on board with it. Um, but I was, yeah, we'll talk about the funnels when we get to that later in that, because I am uh, do want to hear everyone's opinion on those. Boy, um, boy. For now, let's move on to episode 37, The Day of Dakar. So this is my favorite episode, at least in this first, uh, probably the half of those we cover. So it's probably the one that I have the most to say about. Um, but on to the episode. Shar, uh, with the help of Camille, Amaro, Beltartica, and Hayato, is able to infiltrate an Earth Federation assembly and give an address on the state of the Titans, Ayug, and the relations between the space noids and the citizens of Earth. He talks on the environmental impact of humanity on the Earth and asks that the people of Earth stop clinging to it and that they're able to thrive in space. Basically trying to tell the Earth people that it's time to leave the Earth behind. While this is happening, Camille and Amuro battle above the assembly while the Titans try to stop the broadcast and Shar's message. Christian, this is the most backstory that we've ever, or not necessarily backstory, but the most like, honest information or honest drive that we've ever gotten from Shar. Do you believe what he's saying is honest? And do you think this is who he truly is as a person? Do you think this is his kind of drive as a character? You know, part of me thought, it occurred to me um, watching these last episodes that Shar is really just wants what he was cheated out of, which is command of the Zeon, or I guess to rule over all space noids. You know, if I were to be super cynical about it, you know, he did, like, maybe he has convinced himself that he has all these ideals of, you know, ensuring that space noise are treated equally or are protected and this and that. Um, but I, I think that truthfully, deep down, he has selfish motivations. Well, doesn't... What I was just going to say, isn't Char kind of, um, like, dead set on destroying the Zabi family and kind of, like, you know, very anti-everything? Because I distinctly remember in the future one of the episodes where they kind of, like, put Char on the spot and kind of say, like, oh, all of this progression that you did in the Zabi family is all due to you and all of this stuff. Um, Like, that really kind of, like, starts to wear away on Char. So I feel like... I don't know. I almost feel like he doesn't want to have this command of like space noids and he kind of would rather have it sacrificed as, you know, not really having a whole lot of control over everything. I almost think he wants to like blend into the background a little bit. I think that's that's probably true and I think he also has a he just has a different vision of for space noids than, mm-hmm. you know, a fascistic 
uh, dynasty family ruling over everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it was he was cheated out of it. So I think maybe um, on the id level, for him, he just wants what he was cheated out of, you know? Right, and, right. Uh, but I think maybe on, you know, what he may convince himself, what he's really fighting for is, you know, he even says, like, uh, even if I'm gone, you know, space noise will figure it out, you know, they'll sort mm-hmm. out this mess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, honestly, I think his true motivations are selfish. I still, I still believe that. Alex, I'm kind of interested, you know, your background with Char as a, as a, an avowed <laughs> Char hater turned Char lover. Um, Char like what? What are you not lover? <laughs> Tolerator. We're, we're working. We're working towards it, but what? What were your opinions on this episode and his character throughout this series? Oh no, I, I do think that I I'm choosing to think what he said is word, like trying to see how things play. I'm very excited now to see the Shaw's counterattack. I feel like that's going to answer question for me a lot more but yeah i as of now i'm kind of on board that i think that he is uh, he's not as he's selfish he's doing it for self-institution yes but i think that it is less of like him getting what he thinks he deserves at this point and more of like standing up for everyone i think that i think the one year war and then layla's death really affected him like you're kind of seeing these threads kind of come in more and more the way he's interacting Definitely not as abrasive. It's not as like, just do this one thing. Yeah, it seems like Char is definitely acting with like in contrast to the first. It almost seems like an entirely different character because it seems like he's reacting in. He's like reacting to how his peers are feeling about like you know this like the current conflict and how like the people that he cares about like are reacting with certain conflict. And in the first like in zero zero seventy nine. He was acting solely out of vengeance, vengeance. So it's like it's very interesting to see him kind of turn. Like you know, it, it's it's funny. Like he got glasses, and he also got like humanity. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like it's like with, like with with his glasses, he like got a conscience. Yeah, now, so now it, you can it, see humanity. But I almost feel like the the sunglasses. I never were... thought about it that way, bro. <laughs> the sunglasses were very intentional, though. Because you could never know what it was he was actually thinking, you know, and I think yeah, that they're trying to keep him enigmatic a little bit, like mm-hmm. totally. We never totally. really know what his true intentions are. But you know, if, the whole time. you know, if that's the like, doesn't that kind of add to the case? What he's saying in the parliament is more of his actual heart because he does move his glasses. He's now he can't actually see what he's thinking. Honestly, Whoa. he keeps everything so close to the the chest like it's hard for me to under like think about whether this is a play you know or if this is really him and that's why i was so interested to hear everybody's perspective and why i wanted us all to have an opportunity to talk about this is because like you know char is in this show a lot but this is the one opportunity where he kind of takes on that leadership role in a very specific way as opposed to just being like you know taking care of people in a very easy way so it was kind of interesting to have this moment, but I don't know quite what to read of it, but I still love it. Right. It's almost it's almost frustrating because all of these other characters, um, like Camille is very, very 
um like acting on emotion like very very binary in the way that he acts about things and you know so is a lot of um like the zombie family during this and char almost seems like a character that is made to mitigate all of that and kind of like you know take the take the edge off of everything which is very you know contradictory to what he was in 0079 in which he was kind of like you know the conflict maker he was the source of a lot of stuff um so it's it's almost as if he's like rapidly matured like he seems like the dad character after being like you know the reckless teen character Yes, something that you said that kind of made me think of this, but it feels like Char is now reacting to the people around him, whereas before he was actually reacting to the actions around him. So everything before is about how do I make exactly how does this exactly. action affect me, but now uh-huh. it's how do these people affect me? So he's coming much more to caring about his actual. He cares about his crew now. Like we kind of saw threads of that in, first time around. There was those seven nine. I remember a few episodes where like he wasn't just like oh fuck oh when they die. Like he like oh I feel bad. Like we've kind of seen that thread, so I think that is what we can kind of take forward. I mean, that's been the only consistent of his character in these last few shows. Is he does have compassion for people, and it's coming out more and more. I think, and you know, zero zero seven nine, he like his character does have an arc, and he does change, but not till the very very end. You know, for the most part, he's just this this evil dude. You know, chasing after the white base. Um, but in Zeta, you get to see him have all these interesting struggles, and you see him change throughout the show, which is really cool. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I feel like I'm kind of landing, I'm landing on Christian's more cynical side of where he is as a character. I almost feel like he's going through whatever steps he has to take as an actor in the play that is this conflict. And I feel like he in very it's like almost game Game of Thrones like yes kind of like where he's just like playing out this part to kind of you know have see what kind of power he can grasp in the end, um, and I I'm I don't know I'm just really excited to see what Shar's counterattacks about and what where that goes with his character, and then I also want to see you know we have a whole series based on his past on his like upbringing and his childhood that we're going to eventually get to watch, you know, who knows when we get to it. Um, and I'm like, I'm pretty stoked to watch that after seeing this and seeing zero seventy nine, And I just like want to know, like, how does he have any, if he's saying that he has all these feelings about the earth and wants it to survive, cares about its environmental future. Like, why does he have that? He didn't grow up on earth. Did he like, didn't he like, wasn't he raised in Zeon? Yeah. So, I like I'm confused on why, and that's part of the reason why. To me, I'm like, is this the true Shar that we're getting, or is it just him acting out the part of Shar for this, you know, this conflict? But Alex, would I'll, you? I'll uh, let Alex have the last yeah. word. Would your <laughs> opinion go. about his character change if he hadn't existed in zero zero seven nine? Like, if we only had Shar from Zeta, would you think his speech? Like, not not like not to be like contradictory. Just I'm just I'm generally curious. Like, what, what do you guys think? Like, if he didn't exist in 0079, I would think of him as the Gandalf as of the series. That's like a good the call. like the, uh, yeah. the kind of like the wise overlord. Because in it it's I think that the context of Shar of 0079 is pivotal to how you view him in Zeta. Because if 
in Zeta, he is giving guidance. He is making all the correct decisions. He is kind of like, you know, guiding. Um, he's guiding Camille. He's guiding Fa. He's guiding everybody else, you know, who is kind of, you know, in need. I, I say in need of guidance, but like, you know, I could also say like is a teenager mm-hmm. um, in place of that. But he seems like this kind of um, omnipotent um being in in zeta but in 0079 he was so much more not even charismatic he was it was almost just like acting on instinct as a teenager would act like you know he was acting like camille in 0079 so if i only viewed him in zeta he definitely wouldn't be as central of a character as he is because he is like he he is as central of a character as he is because I see the change that he made from Zeta. Like he he is this very, you know, a a huge delta of his of his character. Yeah, and I think he's just he's I don't know, without 0079, I don't think you really have Char and Zeta anyways, but he I think he's more of like key... a, he's more like a Hankin or something. He's like a background character. Yeah. Almost. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Or like a Jamatov or something. Like this yeah, like a leader that we don't really have an emotional connection to. Yeah, exactly. Unless you significantly alter Zeta to give him more of a backstory to understand why yeah. everything he's doing is significant. I, you know? I definitely trust what he was saying way more, to, to get back to your point, Alex. Like, I feel like you know, not having him basically in the first season act a certain way to, in the end kiss helmets with Amuro and then just murder every single zombie member. (laughs) Like, it's just like a very different, uh, you know, a very dynamic character in the first season, which, which makes you distrust a little bit of this, this version of him. Um, but I think that, uh, I think we should move forward a little bit. Um, I did want to mention a couple things. Char's outfit when he is delivering the address undefeated, Another incredible outfit. I was very stoked to see this uh, this look on Char. You know, he he wore some sleeves, which was nice. Um, Christian, oh yes, uh, I I wanted to ask who everyone, uh, what everyone's opinion was on on who was the best dress in episode thirty seven. And I, I'll just also one question, really quick. Uh, you know, in this episode, they go from writing this like really neat space subway and then they are traveling in a horse-drawn carriage so that was like this really um sharp transition and it just got me thinking you know there must there must be some sort of ag programs on this colony and i just wondered what a space noid ffa club would look like okay one one question or one thing real quick i'm gonna jump back to episode 37 and episode 37 by the lake no no no. episode 37 we're still i haven't even given 38 yet 37 is the day of dakar so i want, I want to get in a okay. couple of quick points um firstly hashtag where's sayla hashtag there's sayla she's at the beach and she's looking great did you guys catch our little cameo of sayla in episode 37 listening to shar's address yes yes and then and why I- but why is why that it? Why she... is that all we get? Why show her? I don't understand. There should have been at least <laughs> like 20 episodes de- dedicated. I agree. 
Yeah, why not just stick her into another episode? I think that showing that she exists in the universe is like maybe foreshadowing of good things to come. Like, yeah, well, like that's no, the, no, no. that's the that's the that's the only thing that we can grab onto at this point. Yeah, because like no, you know is... we were deprived of a Sela, you know, yeah. persona. In we're this like in the episode. first. We're like in the. We're at the end of Fellowship of the Ring, in the very beginning of the Two Towers, when we think Gandalf is dead. But they and didn't <laughs> have to show Sela. Nothing was making them show Sela. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I think that gives me hope in that, you know, like, kind of them limping her along in the existence of the storyline is maybe foreshadowing of those to come. Or maybe it was just, like, there was a ton of people in the writer's room that are exactly like you, just, like, shouting, where's Sayla? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay, fine, bitch. Like, we'll put them in, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, just, I, I need like, to know if she's alive. Like, she was mentioned yeah. one other time, and it's like, how how is nobody mentioning that she's not around? Like, somebody please show Sayla. Like, I want to know that she's still in the story. Like, why yeah. would you not have her in? But yeah, I agree. Hopefully, it is like a situation where it's like you you don't know what you missed until it's gone, and then in like a future season, maybe maybe even Double Zeta or Shars counterattack, she has like a, a pivotal role or something. Yeah, that's um, what Z- that's what Double Zeta stands for. Zazela, you know what I'm yeah, saying, my Z-Zayla. guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um. Okay. I w- let's go ahead and move on to episode thirty-eight, and then we can get to Christian's questions. Um, episode 38 is Rekawa's Shadow. The Aldumla with Amaro hold off an attack from Jared while Camille and Shar launch back uh, from Earth into space. When they get out of the Earth's orbit, they find the uh, Argama under attack from Yazan and the Titan. Camille and Shar jump in to help, and the Argama sur- survives the attack, but it is revealed to us that Rekawa has joined the Titan. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. <sighs> I did okay. I think Christian and I kind of hinted at this a little bit in the last episode, but this is this is the reveal of Rekawa's heel turn. Alex, what were your what, what was your thought on that? What the fuck? I think I like I had said that after it was over, kind of because I didn't process it at first, and I was like, wait, wait, what, what? And then I like went back read the wiki about it. I was like, oh, okay, I did not ghastly miss something about this, but like, yeah. I don't know. It's get it, get it. Like mm-hmm. that's how I got it. Felt at the end of this, it's that. Yeah, when we recorded the last episode, I had already watched ahead a little bit and then rewatched the previous block. So I had this like weird relationship to this storyline in the first watch along, and then like I said in the last episode, watching the second time, I kind of picked up on the little nuggets of like abuse and kind of like yeah. not necessarily abuse but her being slighted constantly and that kind of helped reveal it but it's definitely a weird feeling the first go around simon what, what were your uh experiences watching that um for me i think that Rekawa wasn't that major of a character in my mind so it was a little bit mitigated by that um i mean i don't know i think that it made me realize that the AU like doesn't really have as defined morals as I thought they did because you know if it was um like a matter of like you know the AU are the good guys and the titans are the bad guys it would be a, a lot more shocking of like oh you just like voluntarily like change to the bad guys 
but it kind of made me realize that like you know the Ayug and the titans are still like on these like they're very gray in a lot of areas like a lot of you know people think that the Ayug are the bad guys and a lot of people think that the titans are the good guys um so it i guess i kind of made the episodes after that all of the Ayug's actions a little bit more i kind of was you know kind of reaching for like why are you the good guys now like prove to me that you're the good guys so but again relic Rekawa wasn't that big of a character for me so it was i don't know i wasn't yeah. like that torn by it i suppose but mm. yeah christian do you have anything you want to say about Rekawa here oh yeah and we may get into this later but um you know i'm just a little suspect of what the writers like what questions they were trying to pose to the audience in terms of her character arc like why is it that she becomes you know hopeless and uh you know doesn't starts not caring about life anymore and um you know decides to you know just switch sides just because she wants to feel like a woman you know and um yeah, I I just thought that like, you know, does it kind of feel like? I mean, this isn't like the best forum to ask like four guys talking about this storyline still. But does it does it not feel like it was a um, written by by men? Yes, very like, much so. Like, and that's what I was trying yeah. to get at. You know, it just felt yeah. very much that way. And you know, otherwise, I would I do enjoy that like someone. Uh, she's still very interesting in that character change is very interesting you know just not feeling appreciated for what she's doing and not be like feeling like there's any meaning in what she's doing on the argama and so just switching sides just to to feel something because she's she's kind of dead inside you know at that, at that <laughs> just point. to feel something <laughs> you know so uh <laughs> yeah. that's interesting but it doesn't have to be because she's like a woman and irrational you know <laughs> yeah exactly Alex, did you have anything you wanted to mention there? Uh, no. Christian kind of... I, I jumped the gun, and then Christian kind of continued what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he summed up a lot of the good feelings there. Yeah. He's, he's good at that. Um, Alright, let's uh, jump into another uh, banger of an episode, which is episode 39, By the Lake. By Neil the and, Lake. By the Lake, which is... I mean, that's a really nice, um, smooth jazz album, uh, By the Lake. It's really listenable. By the Lake is this really good ambient noise album that I like to like put on when I'm kind of like, you know, trying to trying to draw some foliage, maybe trying to trying to coat up some 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 vibes, um, uh, visuals, if and you will. But Mill and Faro definitely two of the band members. Both their names just feel like it fit. Very ambient noise yeah, rock yeah, band. Yeah. Shinta and Coom. Yeah. Well. <laughs> 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 All right. Episode 39 By the Lake. Camille and Fa take Shinta and Coom down to an alpine themed space colony for a vacation. And they meet a strange woman named Rosamie, who is convinced that she is Camille's kid sister. Camille plays along, much to Fa's chagrin, in an attempt to figure out more about her. Meanwhile, Haman Khan. Uh, has taken Maneva Zabi on outing to the same colony. Some rogue titans start a skirmish with Quattro slash Char, in, uh, Char inside the colony, which is damaged, forcing everyone to take shelter. Ulti- ultimately, Rosamie is brought back to the Argama with Camille's group. Okay, firstly, 
I wanted to ask every uh, each of you, did you when you saw Rosamie, did you remember who she was? Christian first. It was like I didn't believe it at first. I was like I kept questioning myself and going back and forth. As that's Rosamie. Right, the uh, Rosamilla. That's Yeah, cuz she she was the um cyber new type pilot that pursued the Aldumla back on Earth uh, way back in, like, episode 14 and 15. Yeah. Um, and it's, she's the one who Kotz and Camille um, basically blow her ship up um, on the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Yes, I, was, I thought she died in that episode. Mm-hmm. Or I guess she had survived, but I didn't, I didn't remember it happening that way. And so yeah. I was like, ah, I'm not sure. But then I was like, nah. That's Rosamilla. Uh, what about I did you? not remember her at all. Recognize Ros- nope, <laughs> not at all. Si- si- Simon, what about you? Yeah, what the fuck? Are you <laughs> this is not a recurring character. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. Uh, th- I did try to bring up Rosamilla, uh as well in a previous episode. <laughs> To kind of lay the, the lay the seeds uh, that you guys would remember, oh. but it didn't. It, the show did not do a good job. It took me a long time to figure that out as well. Um, but again, I watched ahead and then went back, and that's when I noticed. I was like, "Oh shit, that's Rosamie." I remember yeah. Rosamie from the ending of the show, and then going back, I was like, "Oh, she was in the show before." It was weird. Honestly, I thought when you asked that question, if you meant do we remember her from the tier list as well? Because I did not remember her from the tier oh, list as no. well. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was also concerned because I brought her, when I brought her up in the tier list, both you and Simon were like, who? And I was like, she's like a big character in the show. No, no, <laughs> um, Okay, uh, this episode, really good world building, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. with the, we got the linear car again. I think, Christian, you talked about this um, a little bit preemptively. Yes, The I linear did. car and then the horse-drawn carriage. Um, but I did want to get to your question, which is who was the best dressed? The answer is definitely Thaw, in my opinion. I think. But Camille's looking fine, too. What, 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 were, you, what were you thinking, Christian? Um, you know, I don't really remember how everyone was dressed. I just have it in my notes, and I just remember <laughs> that being <a> thing. <laughs> so I was curious uh, as to what you no, guys no, no. thought. The best, the best dress was the... Oh, oh, oh. I have it screenshotted. So oh, oh, fuck, yeah. No, oh. follow the bolo tie. Holy shit. Yeah. She's looking fly as fuck. I do like... I do no, like I on, okay, Michael, not pictured in that JPEG that you're showing us right now, is the zombie guards um that were wearing the cute little hats <laughs> yes, and they hop in note. the mobile suits wearing the hats and then he, co- like, he they comedically were, like, throws the hat off like the, yes like a i thought that that was so powerful like like hopping like dressing like a traditional like you know bavarian i don't know like celebratory like outfit like hopping in a fucking giant walking robot that can shoot lasers out of its butt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a very powerful imagery. Yeah, to to paint a picture for the listeners, if you haven't, if you don't remember this, um, Camille looks like he's in Vampire Weekend. Oh my god! Yeah, yes, yes, he does. It, it, Emma Emma looks like she's on. Emma little, looks like she's little in little like House Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> And um, uh, Fa looks, looks like, like Austin Powers. Fa looks like a very yeah, chaotic exactly. bisexual person, and I love it. 
Also, did you hang out with these people yeah, in college? Yes. Because I was the amount of people dressed like all three of them in college. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, like, you were at a good party. Like, you weren't leaving the party early if you saw, like, Fa, Emma, and, like, Camille. <laughs> like, but if it's just Camille showing up in that fit alone, I'm like, ooh, I gotta go. Fuck. That would be such a good costume party. Holy shit. Rosa Mia um, looks good in this episode, too. I'm looking at yeah, her outfit right now. She, like, everybody is well-dressed. And I appreciate yeah. that. And this episode was like a breath of fresh air. It was like they're doing some slice of lifey stuff. It's uh, nice. That's exactly what I have on my notes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, I knew you would like that, Christian. It was a nice little break. Um, and fine. yeah, I asked my question preemptively, but I really want to know what, like, I was just, because, you know, remember like back in high school, you know, all the kids that would be in FFA club, you know, they all had their car hearts in their boots and jeans the fuck is ffa club future farmers of america son somebody didn't grow up where <laughs> yeah we you didn't grow up in a place where <laughs> farms existed looking ass yeah everybody out there you who's listening like to this show in... they know who what i'm talking about or hey, at least people who... FFA yeah. Guys. Yeah. there are two groups of people people who know who ffa are and people who don't uh, that, that's i'm stupid uh, okay never mind i I was trying to make a joke. I did not say yeah. the joke right. I mean, it, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. But that's, you're not that's wrong. Not, I mean, that's you're, not what I was trying to say at all. Correct. Michael, can you help the listeners who who don't know what mm-hmm. FFA is and Simon just kind of like yeah. describe very quickly FFA what it is? FFA sounds like so like in my mind right now it's like kind of like an MMA fighter. <laughs> oh, like you couldn't like... be more wrong. <laughs> but he can um, also be kind of right just... sometimes too. Yeah. I mean, they're just a group at school. Honestly, they kind of stick to themselves. They don't like you know an FFA kid when you see it, but you don't really talk to him much. I got in, in one uh, almost fight with a kid who was an FFA. Um, that was the closest I ever got to having a fight in high school. Um, but yeah, they most the mostly... I don't remember uh, this. He got really tired of me making fun of him. <laughs> so you were a bully. Bro, like, yo, you see that fucking plot of land? You want to fucking, like, plant some grain in it or some shit? Asshole? Yeah. Like... I mean, to be fair, I was, I guarantee you, it was a bad look for me. Yeah. I'm not saying it was good. Um, because, uh, you know, I do want to say, if we're going to talk about FFA in a comedic way, we need farmers to survive. And I yeah. uh, really appreciate the hard work that they put in. And they're, uh, Hundo P. Hundo yeah. P. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Anyways, back this episode FFA goes kids. out to all of the like people working in agriculture right yeah. now. Like, please keep doing what you're doing. We love you so much. Yeah, especially our undocumented workers. Yes. I, oh you know, my so god. So much love. So much love. Um, I don't know how many uh people of that persuasion, uh, yeah. farmers and or undocumented. A lot of nerdy yeah. brown people out there. You know, two of them. There are. Yeah, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I didn't mean brown people. I meant farmers. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the correlation of undocumented people who are working in farmlands and nerds is smaller than you might think. Oh, definitely. Like, I- I'm sure we got a few listeners out there. Yeah, I hope Dude, so. They're probably, and, yeah, while again, they're working, they have, they have us on their earbuds <laughs> playing. I would love that. <laughs> if I found out that was, like, our niche, I would be so, happy. so beyond happy. So happy. Yeah, because, like... Yeah. People make the world go round. I just, I really appreciate it. Anyway, uh, Simon, if you can imagine a Carhartt uh, jacket just uh, 
as a human being. That's <laughs> very nice. Very nice. All right. I'm, okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. After so, this, uh, after this long, um, just non Gundam related content, let's let's move on. Okay. We uh, love our farmers. Let's move on. Uh, episode forty: Activation of Grips. Rosami, uh, a cyber new type, is on board the Argama. Uh, Camille encounters Rekawa as an enemy and feels a great shock. Grips is modified into a huge colony laser, and Basque uses it to kill millions of people inside too, while Rekawa is forced to watch. Um, I don't have a lot for this episode. The only really thing is I is Grips noticed... the big comment. Uh. Grips is like a big colony. Big. They turn into a laser. Very nice. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. I do have a I couple think... notes on this episode. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Just that. Um. So Sorako says to Rekawa, uh, and this is paraphrasing, but something to the effect of, "You had to play the role of a strong woman," and it's during a conversation, and. You know, she's kind of describing to him some of the malaise she experienced while on the Argama. You know, just not feeling appreciated. And um, he says, oh, you had to play the role of a strong woman, which is implying that the fact that you have to fight is a problem or the fact that you had to play the strong woman is a problem for you and not finding meaning in life. And that was like, eh, I don't like that. And then... um. Rekka was embraced with Camille. I don't know why, but I felt something emotionally while watching it, even though I wasn't exactly of a, f- a, f- a fan of that moment itself. And I don't know how you guys felt about it. What what moment was this, Christian? Um, I think it's why the, it's while they're fighting and they get out of their mobile suits and they're like, oh yeah, he's like, oh my god, you're alive and all this, and they like actually embrace each other for a moment before they you know, separate and fight again. Um, yeah. I think I can't talk about it without having the rest, like having it colored with the rest of the series where I just got very frustrated with the fighting with Requa because it was always like a half-ass kind of like, I'm going to kill you. No way. I don't want to kill you. Uh, like, let's fight. And then anytime it got too intense, somebody would be like, let's stop. Like, and then it would just lead to more people getting hurt. Yeah. But they would never seem to fully try and kill her. Which was like I was kind of a little like I just like it was like she's clearly a bad guy now she's not changing her mind, like you should try and fight her like you're fighting anyone else, um, but I I mean I think at the beginning, there's kind of still this idea when you're watching it that maybe she's gonna change her mind or that she's doing some sort of like long game kind of con, um, but I did I did remember that moment being like one of the few. Um, where it felt a little bit earned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we can roll on into episode 41, which is called Awakening. Rakawa carries out a poison gas attack on, on a space colony. The Ayuk forces are too late to prevent it. After seeing the dead bodies inside of the colony, Rosami awakens and becomes a cyber new type warrior and turns against the AU. Um, 
this is a weird, really weird episode. All of the stuff with Rosami in the Argoma with the Doctor and Shinta and Kum is very I weird. I hate that shit. I feel like... We Why need... the fuck did they think that that was, like, an essential part of the episode? Because it seemed like they wanted to draw attention to the fact that they were, like, I don't know, like, approaching, like, medicine in this way of, like, Doctor is creepy and, like, you know, I yeah. don't know. It just felt bad. The I whole, just like the whole relation. I feel like we haven't kind of talked about it enough, but the whole relationship between Camille and Rosamy, where Rosamy thinks Camille's her brother, Camille just is like interested in what's gonna happen, and then Fa is like pissed off at Camille for like playing this part, and like is jealous of Rosamy, who thinks that she's Camille's sister. It's the weirdest, like, not really a love triangle ever it's like the setup for like a porn it (laughs) seems like it's like it's just like kind of yucky all around but i don't know i think that they just kind of want it's it like sucks right because they like want to make fa out to be this character that is like this like you know jealous brat that just like will love camille like regardless Mm -hmm. and i feel like this is just their excuse to give like fa another gripe to deal with like camille like oh this is another thing that you're frustrated with camille about um but i don't know the way that rosemi acts towards camille like certainly isn't helping no not at all well you can tell something's off with her you know and like if and because the, the the show kind of has you question, oh, is she a cyber new type or not? Um, you know, obviously we we know she's Rosa Mia, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I would be concerned if she wasn't a cyber new type. You know, the way she <laughs> yes. acts. <laughs> yeah, it is. I feel like it does kind of get into the the cyber the arrested development that happens with these cyber new types and like how they're fucking with human like the human makeup is, is kind of compelling and like how it fucks with them as people. Um, but the way that the show treated her in these episodes, like on the white or on the um, Argamo, is just a kind of awkward. Um, at first, I thought it was kind of funny, and I was like, oh, like some more kind of humor and brevity brought to the story. Um, but then it, it, it just took a creepy turn real quick. Um, but I will say that one kind of affecting moment um, was the moment where Rosamy kind of snaps into her cyber new type programming was when they were inside the colony and she picked up like the dead body oh, yeah. of the child and her brain couldn't comprehend that it wasn't Shinta. It was like very kind of affecting. Like I almost like shed yes. a little tear because it was like very sad. And the show doesn't always show the human toll on, you know, citizens of these colonies that you know are getting killed due to this. So it was kind of brutal, to be honest. Yeah these these last two episodes are get really dark. You know, people getting gassed and killed. You know, by the things are starting to build to the to this crescendo you know things are slowly escalating mm-hmm. and this stretch it gets really really dark definitely um so unless any of us have anything else to say about that one we can jump into episode 42 which is goodbye rosamy 
uh, people in Granada begin to evacuate out of fear of the grips to Colony Laser. The Argama moves to attack the Titan's fleet, gathering inside too. Camille meets Rosamie again, now as an enemy. Um, Alex, how do you feel about the way that Camille approaches the Rosamie situation? Like, how do you feel about her trying to kind of turn Rosamie back into what she knows, or like what he like kind of met her as? I mean, did not like that. Kind of weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I think he's trying to a little bit like make up for, uh, for four. Trying to save another new type. A little, a little new, a little uh, savior uh, phenomenon going there. Yeah, I think that. Do can you guys jog my memory? Like when Forb died, did you did we feel like she kind of made a breakthrough at all, or was she pretty much stuck still in her programmed ways? I don't know. I think that she just became so, like, frustrated. Like, it's not like she made a breakthrough. She became so frustrated with the way that things were and that she was, like, you know, just this, um, like, in a petri dish of this greater thing that it almost seemed like she was relieved when she died, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it was... That's how I felt. Like, she... She didn't make a breakthrough of like she she didn't explode brain into like you know i'm like a cyber new type and i'm an experiment and i am like you know a god among men she was kind of just like fuck this shit like i can't be like i can't be the type of person that i want to be because every time i be that um all of the people that have like you know inserted authority over me are telling me that i'm doing wrong and I feel like that's a common trope for a lot of the cyber new types in the um, remainder of the of the episodes. I mean, like minus all. I mean, it is a trope for the cyber new types that are not on the AU courses because, like, the AU seem to like fuck with cyber new types of like, yeah, if you want to like help us out, like you know, have at it. Like, we're not gonna like mess with your brains, but like all the ones on the other side, it's definitely like immediately this manipulative um mindset that they go about it so mm-hmm. and, and and i mean like you see that with like you see that with rosemi you see that with um i mean i can't think of any other cyber new types other than sarah four. or sarah obviously what am i thinking like yeah well dude that's like the whole like fucking shit with um sicario you know <laughs> i know sicario. his name <laughs> this is a bit okay but like that's the whole thing with sicario like um I'm gonna call. Him <laughs> no, keep doing it. I like. Yeah. yeah, I'm a badass bitch. Okay, <laughs> like that because, like, I mean, I guess that that is one of the ways that the show kind of shows good from bad, right? Like the way mm. that they treat cyber new types because, like, Chiraco is like you know treating them obviously as like you know how can I manipulate these people as much as possible because their brains are very soft, and the AU forces like kind of hilariously are like all right just like fucking have at it like go nuts like you're on our side so like you know fuck shit up um but yeah i don't know i think that well i am still unclear about when rosami uh transfers from au to uh um titan forces like when does she do that i that was I in was... episode 41 so the last episode it's when um when she picks up the the dead boy that oh, she, that she thought was yes, she yeah, did yeah, yeah. after mm-hmm. that. 
Um, right, right. And so this is the first episode where Meal really commits to trying to, you know, she's she's meeting him as a Titan now, as her cyber new type version of herself. Mm, yes, Meal's yeah, trying yeah. to basically like override that the same way he tried to do with four. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's just like interesting. I, it kind of became frustrating to like. It seemed like there were we had these main characters on each side, Rosamie and Rekawa on one, and then Camille, Quatra, or Char Fa on the other, and they none of them wanted to kill yeah. each other. But they just kept on being like they would they'd be fighting, they'd be shooting lasers at each other, and but then they would never commit to like actually trying to fight each other. It's mostly um, just a very aggressive conversation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we kinda have that. We're in that like holding pattern for a while. Um, but anyway, this is the end of episode two. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. See ya. Bye. You. Welcome back. And we're going to get right back into some episode recaps. Christian, do you want to take it away? Get us into episode 43. Episode 43, Haman's Victory. The Grip's laser aims for Granada, and the Ayug plan to make an alliance with the Xeon against the Titans in order to make a last-ditch effort to stop the laser. Um, so in this episode, I have in my notes that I'm beginning to really like Haman as as the villain in this episode, uh, there's just something he kind of stole the show for me, and then, um, yeah, and I think I also have in my notes in this here that Shar is the most developed and interesting character in the show, and um, he really has to humble himself and kind of bite his lip in this episode, and you know, kind of begging for their help um and he's really having to swallow a lot of different stuff you know it's a very weird kind of character turn from the first time that they met where he like vows to kill her so quickly after talking to Maneva zavi and then he like has to beat the shit out of camille to break out of prison to go then like steal a gun and try to shoot her and now he like basically has to bow down to her you know just do the circumstances so again, that kind of plays into our Shar discussion. Like, what what's his deal, man? Like, where where does his heart actually lie? Where where does his character like truly want to be? Well, yeah. like the thing that like really stuck out to me was the because like okay, so like Shar like zero zero seventy nine. If we're looking at that in like a petri dish, right? It's like Shar wants to destroy the zombie family because the zombie family kind of ended his lineage, right? Like they killed his father. Or was it his father? Yeah, it was his father, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I just like distinctly remember the scene where Char was walking out on um like he was walking out on I think Haman talking about how what he something that he did contributed to the zombie family like furthering power in like this whole like, you know, gripe or whatever. And I also remember that in that scene with Char walking out, they, like, had a really, like, unique animation thing where they, like, 
they do this only a little bit but they like blur the background so they make it seem like it's like a real air or like a real space rather than you know trying to make it seem like a you know animated scene but char just really seems like he is kind of down and out in that his whole gripe with the zombie family is kind of you know like for not um it seems to me at least yeah i i, I agree and I, I also want to agree with i feel like we've all mentioned that haman as a character really picked up in these last episodes um so yeah i think a, a lot of good stuff on that front at least i feel like the rest of the rest of our characters are are still kind of in a holding pattern of like not a lot is happening as far as development right but but things are starting to get really interesting and very games of games of thronesy as i like to say uh yeah. so that takes us into episode 44 the gate of zidane uh yamatov gives jared the mission to assassinate haman sarah launches in battle against camille and the argamas forces Haman arrives on Zidon, a formerly Abaku, uh, the base that features in the last episode of 0079, and it turns the tables on Yamatov and Jared. Camille fights against Sarah, who is taken to the Argama and held captive. So, uh, yeah, a lot of backstabbing and alliance switching is going on here and getting real interesting, and uh, yeah. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of notes on it. I yeah, I did want to mention the... I like that you uh, threw in uh, there the location is from the last episode of 0079. I thought that was really cool. Um, the little bit that we get in these last episodes where they kind of... Uh, I think Camille chases Rosamie maybe into the base or something. Um, I felt like that was kind of cool. It would be kind of... It would have been, I think, a little bit more interesting if they had thrown in, like, some old mobile suits laying around or, like, you know, some debris. Like, what if we saw, like, the, like, last remnants of the Xeong or the RX-78 or something? I don't know. They could have done something to kind of bridge the gap between the two series, but I did think it was interesting to have that um, same location. Yeah, and for the first time, Jared really has camille on the on the ropes several times uh but just cannot finish the job um, i forgot about jared yeah i you kind of you kind of forget about it's him the back seat. In these <laughs> last episodes yeah it, they don't they don't show him much in i mean i think the last episode we saw him in was whenever uh was episode 38 whenever he was attacking um the aldumla whenever they were launching back into space, and that's when Amaro kind of, like, shut him down so that Camille and Quattro could go back to space. So, it's been a mi minute. We don't really know, like, what he's doing out there. Yeah, I think he's, he's, still pissed. he's done wrong a little bit. <laughs> yeah, still just filled with hatred. Probably, like, <laughs> drink, drinks, like, seven Red Bulls a day. Just, like, fuming. Almost certainly. Fucking pissed. <laughs> that takes us in episode 45. Coming from the heavens. Haman takes access towards Zidon and a plan to destroy it. So uh, it's it's this abandoned access colony that they're hurling at the gate of Zidon. And uh, Apoli defends Fa from Jared while Jared and Camille continue their 
everlasting battle. Shard or tries... run out for Apoli. Oh, yeah. Or run out for, for our old brother Apoli. Uh, we made sure to bury him with his favorite pornography. <laughs> <laughs> so that he has something to enjoy in the next life. Shard tries to get that to Camille. That is so cursed to think about, like... <laughs> Like, Opoly is just, you know, like, like jerking one off for all the boys at home. Like, <laughs> jerking one off for like all the, the boys I at like home. I like to think his head is that porn store in Hong Kong that Camille went to. That <laughs> is so true. No, Alex, that is such a great point. Oh, my God. His, like, his heaven is, like, his ideology, like, his you know what he thought that the platonic ideal of a porn store is that like Camille went to every time he was in New Hong Kong <laughs> that that actually makes me rest like much easier at night well i mean like while we're talking about Apoli you know let's go ahead and just give him his fair his fair due um, yeah i liked his character i liked having like a a character whose name i knew who didn't really yeah. matter and when he died, yeah. I kind of actually felt it affecting, just because oh, yeah. it's just like he's just a good guy, you know. He just seems like a good guy. Well, he's just like not around anymore, you know. He's like yeah. this, just like constant that you kind of took for granted. That is just like, I don't know. Is it? It. I mean, I. I for me, it was like I could kind of see how many episodes were left, so it kind of didn't take as big of a toll on me because I kind mm -hmm. of saw like this was the series wrapping up. But it was this character, like, I'm sure if you look back, he probably was in, like, every single episode, you know? And you just kind of, like, yeah. took him for granted. I think in the beginning, he's the one who, like, on the ship, he, like, sees Camille working on the Zeta Gundam blueprint. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, what mm -hmm. you working on there? Oh, Zeta Gundam, cool. And it's just like, that's me. Like, I'm, uh, I'm that character in real life, you know? We all think that we're Camille or Char. No, you're awful, but, like, my guy. Dude, most of us yeah. are Opolis. Most yeah. of us are fucking Torres up in the fucking, you know. On the bridge, man. On the bridge. Watching. While, while, while waiting for our next born fix from New Hong Kong. Exactly. <laughs> there was that funny scene, I think it was in a previous episode, where, like, cops came to the bridge, and, like, Opolis like, no, I have to be on the bridge. I almost went in a, like, I almost went in a mobile suit, and then Cots is like, you don't want to do that. Like, Oh, no, my, that was that... Torres. Yeah, that was Torres. Oh, was that like, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah even Cots was basically like, dude, we don't want to see you out there. That's like, fucked bro, up. Like, bro, like, you belong up here. Like, you're in this character, <laughs> my guy. Like, like, don't worry. Like, I got this one. <laughs> Let me, a child, go fight. Yeah. <laughs> I believe he's actually isn't he supposed to be an ace pilot? Isn't he actually supposed to be pretty good? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. T Torres is the one who's not a good who is. Oh yeah, yeah, Opoly, yeah. Opoly who passed away. Opoly is the one who is. He's a good pilot, and he seems to hold his own for most of the series and saves our protagonist quite a bit. He does. I was nervous for him every time he would sortie. I was like, oh, is he coming back this mm -hmm. time? I'm not sure. Sorry, Alex. What are you about to say? He reminds me of the uh the pilot in zero zero seven nine. The big guy. Ryu. Yeah, I kind of felt the same when they both died. I was just like, damn. Yeah. I could relate. Ryu was more of a main character, in my opinion. But they both had this kind of attitude that I just felt like, you know, kind of like, yeah, I get it. I feel it. Kind of a glue that holds everything together. Kind of like, you know, and Ryu was definitely that character. Anyway, let's move forward. Christian, take it away. Episode 46. Sirocco arises, baby. It's 
his time to shine. Arguably, he's been shining this whole time. Amen, brother. Soraco heads to the Guadan to negotiate with Hammond. As Mineva talks with Shar, Camille is allowed to board the ship. Yamatov also joins the negotiations because uh, he doesn't quite trust Soraco. Hmm, maybe for a good reason. Shar runs in an attempt to kill Soraco once and for all, but Sarah intervenes, blasting a hole through the ship, causing mass confusion. And in that confusion, Soraco takes advantage of the situation and whacks uh, Yamatov in order to take control of the Titans. This was a great episode. I like this. It was good. It felt like that scene in the uh, Inglorious Bastards where the spies are kind of talking to each other and they end up like shooting each other to death a little bit. Like, yeah, in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, if I have my notes correct, we also lose Sarah in this episode. Oh. We do. Yeah. So we... That was a... Go ahead, Alex. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, like, that, her death and Kat's reaction, and Camille's reaction to Kat's reaction to Sarah's death, I enjoyed that little interaction i said i was really rooting for camille to shoot him oh yeah i was gonna say yeah. <laughs> i was just okay, like cool. pull the trigger dude pull the trigger yeah i my note for this and my big takeaway from these last episodes is that cots represents good guy culture he <laughs> thinks that because oh my god he that, that is he's a good guy yes. yeah he thinks that because he's a good guy that sarah should be dude, with him instead of the Sirocco. amount of he's like good guys finished last that like cats yes. have made for sarah is immeasurable like yeah. holy shit you like, you know if that if sarah had denied him one more time he would have just been like oh you bitch i hate you like cats, yeah <laughs> like like can we like say that like 500 days of summer is like Cannon in like Gundam, <laughs> like yeah. in, in this world, like cats watched it, like super resonated with it. Yo, yeah, did, I, did you dude, see how he was creeping on her? On knife guy culture, yeah, fucking. Oh, holy shit! That one episode where it's just like cats, like you, you rat bastard. You were just staring at Sarah in her fucking holding cell yeah. from a top-down view, as if you were controlling her like Starcraft. Like holy shit, that shit yeah. sucks. Like that's yeah. a little dark, man. Like cats, bro. Yeah. Uh, what is going on? They say so. It's a little cringe. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> a, if a I'm cringe. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, we'll get to it in a future episode where we tier list where, <laughs> Cot, where, where Cots represents, uh, where we think he represents in our heads, and I have to say that uh, he did not fare well. I I hate Cots. I think he's a shit character. I do too. And especially these last episodes. Yeah. I was like fucking like 12 and a half years old too. Like <laughs> the one last yeah, thing I want to say about this, this episode is the, the sequence of the colonies crashing into one another uh, was amazing. And it's one of my favorite mm -hmm. sequences of the show with, especially with the music in the background was just. Yeah. I, I did that. think that. Um, I did think that the whole sequence of Kotz getting onto the ship, Camille following him, Kotz running into Char, and then Char running into the to the room, and all of that was actually pretty intense and pretty like 
I think a nice little action set piece. I like any of the times, like I also obviously love the Gundam battles. The mobile suit fights are great, but anytime there's like the like hand to hand combat and like sneaking and hand to hand combat, <laughs> I think it's cool. I, I really like it, so it's kind of nice to see. Um, but yeah, again, poor went out for Zhamatov and poor went out for Sarah, um, two characters who lost their lives in the show. Yeah, they lost they lost their lives and. You know, watching this episode, I was just kind of got me thinking, and I would love, and there may have already been an anime, and I'm just am ignorant, and I don't know, but I would love like a gangster Game of Thrones Gundam anime. You know what I'm saying? Like power players, mm-hmm. you know, making moves on one another, stabbing each other in the back, and you know, assassinating one another. This episode gave me those vibes, and I want more of those vibes i guess is what i'm trying to say might be something for you in the future we'll have to find out we'll have to find out episode 47 oh go ahead go ahead go ahead if you the listener want to know if christian's thirst for game of thrones style mafia um story is quenched stay with us and listen to uh probably what'll be three years worth of content that we put out (laughs) yeah Stop. <laughs> that brings us into episode 47 a descent into maelstrom the argama attacks the axis fleet with char camille and the others continue their assault common launches in her quibbly in a plan to destroy the aid and let's see here my notes for episode 47 and uh, they're, they're pretty sparse here um, this is when I, you first really get to see the Quibbly do some cool stuff, and, uh, you know, beginning to warm up to her mobile suit a little bit more. Um, yeah, I Does, don't, I don't really Correct me if that. I'm wrong, but I think this is Sirocco piloting the Big O, his big, big old o. thick-ass Gundam. I'm pretty sure we get... Do we get some battle between the Quibbly and the Big O in 46 and 47? It is possible. It's not. Yeah. Well, else. we can go ahead and talk about what do you guys think about the like the funnels, the the idea of these kind of like these mind controlled secondary lasers that that can move around. Did you all kind of grasp what those were? I, I don't know, Alex. I feel like you have an opinion on this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I like it. It's super cool to see, like, new types, like, mobile suits being utilized in these radical ways that we aren't ever going to, like, like, this era has now been set in stone. Like, this is what new types can do, and it's fucking awesome. I hate, I hate, I hate the Gribbly. I think it's a stupid-looking Gundam mobile suit, but it doesn't change the fact that it's cool as fuck. Like, I'll I'll admit that. Yeah. I'm like, who doesn't want brain-controlled lasers? I think the the from just from a creative standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. that's in that little thing is ingenious, you know, in terms of design, like uh, having these little laser cannons pop out, move independently, and being controlled. But I think you know, just in terms of like character design and mech design and just how those things function. Yeah, I totally agree with Alex. It's a nice little innovation i also really like you can see the progress of these type of 
mobile students being made because Lila had a a new type, like a prototype new type mobile uh, mobile student 0079, but it was small and it was like obviously not pilotable by a normal person. But it's so cool to see like how far the technology is involved in the seven eight years between the two shows. Yeah, like I kind of like this idea of like slowly. Like it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it was just this jumping. Like okay, like yes, yeah, it's the first type of thing we see like this, but it felt kind of natural. Like at some point, we're kind of expecting to see. It doesn't feel like a ex machia type of yeah review. I thought it was you know knowing that these exist in the show. Like I know Christian and I have seen some of a future series that utilizes the funnels. Um, I thought it was really cool to see them, you know, in their original state and their original design. So it's kind of like just exciting to be like, oh, this is like where they first appeared to the to the walkers. Does Gundam the Wing use the funnels? No, okay, Not that I can remember. I see, I see. Yeah, because that's a different universe. Different universe, bro. <laughs> we'll get there, bro. My bad. Different. Um. Okay, I did have one note for this, which is there is a uh, cyclical thing that happens where every single episode the people in the Argama get really pissed because Kotz and Fa continue to just steal mobile suits and go for joy joy rides. Basically, they are constantly just being like, I want to be in the battle too. And everybody's like, hey, don't take the mobile suit. And then they just take it and go anyway. And I'm just like, why don't they just take the keys away from them? Just like... Put a fucking well, lock on that's that. like in a previous episode. I thought that it was really fucking funny when like so like Fa and um, Coom and what was the what's the other kid's Inca. name? Dude, I cannot. I don't allocate the mental space to these <laughs> fucking kids' names because it's not worth it, You know what I'm saying? Like, there's enough shit going on in my brain that like I don't need that. But I, I thought it was really funny that, like, in a certain episode, um, Fa was, like, they, they were all in the brig, and, like, Fa's like, oh, fuck, like, we need to get out of the brig now. They just, like, exited the brig. Like, the brig <laughs> is just, like, the brig is just an unlocked door that, like, they, that they stay in because they think it's, like, it's, like, yo, Bright told us to chill in here for a minute, but, like, as it turns out, like, this isn't vibes. Like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> right, to but... me, it's not quite believable. Like, realistically surely they would have come up with some kind of security measure that prevents people mm-hmm. from just jumping like, in Christian, any mobile what if i got want? really mad at you and then just told you to stay in like an unlocked room like just like you know like, <laughs> go, hey take a breather in the fucking public restroom and like think about what you did but, like, don't come out also, you have to like, promise not to come out yeah you're, you're pissed at christian you're pissed at christian for stealing the car every single day but yet you just continue Christian, to leave the keys sitting in it. Steal my Subaru Outback one more time with the keys in the ignition. See what fucking happens. I'm yeah. going to get out of my face and go hang out in the fucking garage. Yeah, I'm going to go put you in my but, garage with, like, the garage opener, like, you know, is a button on the wall. Like, but steal my Subaru Outback one more time. Fuck you, man. I am going to say, like, I'm not, like, uh, right leadership when it comes to kids is so shitty no, like, he's definitely like the, this, is, this, is, this, this is a pattern like i've worked in like, a lot of first jobs time that wrote... have to deal with like um like you know youth in like you know like like teenagers and shit and bright would not succeed in that like he's <laughs> no. just like right yeah right it's just like he, he he's too he's too like um 
he he has too much trust in people that they'll kind of you know follow for what he says. But yeah, Brights has three ways of punishing people: lock them in jail, smack the fuck out of them, or put them in the place he doesn't want them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's honestly, that's <laughs> a good point, Alex. <laughs> Uh, and he's never grown in that respect. He's never figured out how to deal with no. kids. It's, it's, it's that continuity. It's always nice yeah. to see. It's yeah. Comforting. But we know. All right. That brings us into episode 48, The Mirror of Rosamilla. Rosamilla launches from the Dogo's gear in the new Mark's, Mark II Psycho Gundam, which I have to say is an improvement on the Mark I, and I love the yeah. design of this Psycho Gundam. It is a beautimus. The AU team sneaks into Axis in an attempt to contact Grips so that the laser can be used to fire on the fleet of Axis forces. As Rosamia's mind breaks down, Camille's given a hard choice of whether to end her misery, and he does. <laughs> he does indeed. Or one out for Rosamie. Or one out. Any last words, Simon? Uh, I don't know. Rosamie was always like way too chaotic in my mind. Like I, I think especially because I didn't know that she was like a previous character. She just came in and just like seemed to be a like ninja blender that just like fucked everything up. Well, not like even fucked everything up. Just like brought a chaotic energy to the show that wasn't there before. So, I don't know. I guess I was sad to see her go, but I don't know. It Gundam is a really interesting show in the fact that it brings these characters in, like, seemingly at random. So, I don't know. I was sad to see her go, but it's all good. Alex? He's kind of like... Oh, go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, follow up with Simon's comment, like, Rosamie is like for like at home. Like Rosamie's like cracked out for. Brand four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ro- Rosamie's like yeah, Rosamie is like four but you got a line of code wrong. So like four is just like fucking like in an infinite loop of just like fucking shit up and you're like Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Alex, know. go ahead. I I, I, can, I can I can I can I can sum up Rosamie in one simple line. She came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen, brother. <laughs> you really brother, did. Brother, brother, amen. Brother, amen. She really Holy did. shit. Yeah, no, okay. it was it was tragic. Alex, if you if you Alex, if you do that again, you're kicked out of the show. Yeah, that's strike one, my guy. Strike one out of two. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I we... I agree with you, Alex. I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> That was great. Uh, Y'all ever have like a has like a Rosamie ever like come into like your friend group where you're just like, holy shit, this is so chaotic. Yes. Like I can't I can't wait till you die. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like you know that one friend that you just can't wait till they die because your friend group will be so. But like you can't not be friends yeah, with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like they're chill. They're yeah. chill. Like like you have to be friends with them. Like they're someone's boyfriend or something like that. But like <laughs> you just can't wait. Yeah, they're most certainly somebody's significant other. You can't <laughs> wait till they get destroyed in a giant robot. Like you just can't wait. But anyway. Um Yeah, no, it it was like it was sad, but it was, you know, this 
same thing as four situations, so it was it didn't have the same impact, but it was still very mm-hmm. very sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, we. We also did lose Basque in this episode. Yes. Worth noting. Oh. I don't remember how he died. <laughs> Killed him. He died of heart failure. <laughs> <laughs> he died of blood pressure. Yeah, like. <laughs> is does Emma Basque blow died up of the cancer, bridge, Because he gets blown up on the bridge, and I can't remember who kills him. Who it is that. Is it Haman, maybe? I don't remember. It may have been Haman. Huh. We'll have to go back and check on that one. Yeah, we'll we'll check on that for our next episode. We'll we'll revisit it. Yeah. Good call, good call. Honestly, Please, Basque listen. was a promising villain to start the series, and then he just kind of fell off. I think it's because he looks like inactive. a promising villain. Like he has, yeah. he is the most visual. Like he looks the most like a villain of any other character yeah. we've seen in Gundam. You know what I'm saying? He's an attractive Eggman. He is hot Eggman. Hot Eggman. <laughs> like sexy. Okay. Egg. Hey, I'm looking at uh, pictures of him egg. right now, and that's that's all I that's all I can see. <laughs> the hot, the hot version of Eggman. That that's yeah, like so true, dude. That's Alex, accurate. you're only speaking truths tonight. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're <laughs> absolutely crushing it. Yeah, this holiday. Like, we, yeah, my hot takes are good tonight. Yeah. We know yeah. peak time f- to record for Alex is 10:20. <laughs> yeah, he's on fire. So. Alex, don't forget we still need your "that's not okay" moment of this uh, of this block of episodes. Oh fuck! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, have, you have two episodes to go, but we we can Alex. revisit it at the end if yeah. we need. Well, my "that's not okay" my "that not not okay" moment was the entire time Rosemia was in that hospital. Yeah. That PBS it's okay. It's not okay. It isn't. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Biggest Every, not okay moment. Not okay. When Rosamy didn't have her shirt in, okay. Alex was Alex fast forwarded through. That part <laughs> fucking sucked. I I watched that part when fucking Emma's uh, mom was in the room, and I think they like <laughs> really uncomfortable. I don't like that shit. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been horrible. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really have much to say about that one. Um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, let's let's keep him moving. Episode forty nine, casualties of war, and this is this is where the blood starts getting shed, folks. Yeah, it has been shed, oh, but yeah. it, it starts getting, you know. The Argama and Radish are pressed in by both Aug and Axis. All mobile suits. I think what they're trying to say are the Titans and Axis. The Argama and Radish are pressed in by the Titans and Axis. All the mobile suits launch, and Camille enters his final battle with Jared. Sorako and Rekua head for the battle as the radish falls. A large battle commences with many fatalities occurring. And that's saying the least of it here. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So who's, uh, what's uh, the body count? Fatalities like? much? Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's pour one out or pour one back in. Hit it, Michael. Cots. Cots dies. I was happy about this, yes. so I'm not gonna say pouring out, but we've pretty much summed up cots. I poured one. I poured two. So I now have a glass with two in it because I had one, and then I poured one in for cots. So now I have two to pour one out for the next one, which is Michael. Uh, okay. Well, the next one I have is Rekua. Uh, so maybe make that a third. <laughs> I keep it in the glass. Yeah, I keep I it in the glass. <laughs> Nothing is poured out for Rekua. Rekua is like that. That goes by without saying anything. Going on next. Okay. Um, 
yeah, two characters I think we've talked about enough. Uh, the third character who dies in this episode is Jared. Jared dies. I will Honestly, pull it yeah. out for Jared. I like Jared I'm, as a character. I'm pouring two out for Jared. Jared's key, bro. Yeah, I think that he's a good character. I feel like he kind of just... They could have done more with him, but I like that he was driven just by vengeance and that he kept on falling in love with people and they kept on being killed by Camille. Like, it was just a very <laughs> <laughs> story. Like, their, their continual, uh, them continually coming to blows, I found was very interesting. That's, like, funny. Um, Camille is just his worst nightmare. Well, because exactly. Camille also was, like, intentionally fucking over Jared. It just, like, kind of, like, just so happened that, like, everyone that yeah. Jared loves Camille was against. Exactly. Uh, and then the last person is Hinken, Hinken. who is the commander oh. of the Radish. I'll pour it out for Hinken. I like yeah, Hinken. Uh, but we'll get, my th- we'll get our thoughts on Hinken in the next episode, which is the tier list. Um, so yeah, that was all the deaths in this episode, as well as a lot of other casualties of unknown people. So. Yeah, I, I like the, the battles in this episode. I have It was a little chaotic. I have straight dog fight. Very in my chaotic. Notes. It's a lot of chaos, a lot of shit happening. Um, you know, I I kind of was like suspect of Henkin's decision to use the radish to shield her. Uh, yeah. to say because like you're sentencing everyone else around you to death, bro. Like that's not cool. They didn't choose as, that. As this show's number one Emma supporter, I was for it. Whenever he was like, I'm going to do it. And they were like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, do it. Like, because I like want Emma to survive. That didn't pan out too well for me. Um, but I was in the moment really stoked that they <laughs> sacrificed. That she lived. Emma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I love, I like would have loved to have Emma in the next series. Um, so I was pretty stoked because I did definitely didn't want to lose her in that moment. But yeah, you're right. It was a very weird decision to just like sacrifice the whole cruiser ship to save one mobile suit yeah so he he got a lot of people killed not just the people on the bridge right so i just i kept thinking about that in that moment um Mm -hmm. but yeah that's kind of what stood out to me in that that episode for sure um all right let's let's wrap this up i I wanna um butt in one more time go ahead can it's been like Basically, we had a couple of delays, and it's been a while since I've actually watched this. How did Jared die? He dies very quickly, I want to say. Yeah. Like, their last Neil battle is I can't not remember very as long. well. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I know that, like, it it became very, like, like, everybody was kind of fighting everybody at the same time. I know that Requa and Camille were fighting, and like Fa was in oh. there, and then Jared got involved, and it was just like a big clusterfuck of fighting. <laughs> and then, I, like, I don't remember why how Jared died. Alex, do you know? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, uh, Camille eats him into the exploding radish. Wait, does Camille have the final oh. trigger pull on him? Was yeah, dude, that's fucked. Yeah, yeah, I, it it was because of Camille, like, it makes you because he dies right, he dies right after while the radish is exploding, gets thrown into it, oh, or dispatched okay. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so Camille eats him into it. Yep. Which seems to be a part of Camille eating Jared off of things. 
yeah. into these. <laughs> okay, and the, especially when he's when he's a cripple. <laughs> the way his death is animated cool. is pretty gruesome too. You kind of see his head ripped off his body as it blows up. Jared, yeah. poor guy, is just never done right in this show. I think I will say that all of these deaths were very brutal in the way that they are animated. Like Rosamie's death was insane, where her like helmet shatters and it it like really was affecting to watch, and it just seemed like kind of scary. Um, I felt the same way about Jared's death, and then we'll get to the most brutal death of them all um, in the next episode, or two two really brutal deaths. But go ahead, Christian. Episode 50, Riders in the Sky. Um, Sirocco enters the colony laser and a stop. Okay, so let me explain why Sirocco's in the colony laser in the first place. They, Sirocco's trying to stop this attempt to destroy the Axis fleet. Um, but he's uh, thwarted by Shar. Uh, Haman enters the fray, and she offers Shar one last chance to rule alongside the Zabi family. Um, Camille also enters, and the four of them have a final standoff as the laser is about to fire. Everyone escapes and heads for their mobile suits and enter a final battle where the spirits of the fallen aid Camille in the Zeta Gundam, and only the Zeon are poised to come out on top. This ending to the show left me feeling a certain type of way. I was mm -hmm. a little bit in shock, and I didn't know if I absolutely hated it or if I was like, you know what, that that was a great fucking story. That was just, I was lost for a little bit. Well, I, I enjoyed it. On a second watch, I, I thought it was a great, a great ending. Alex, what did you like about it? I I love I just love the build up to making the new types be what they are at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, just everyone like Camille seeing everyone kind of come back, helping him out. Also, the way he fucking kills Sirocco. so brutal. That was dope. I was so Jeez. I was so happy about that. He like stabs him through the chest. It, it is insane. Do you see his yeah. blood spattered all over the? Yeah. Yeah, the fucking Gundam or the his cockpit and shit, and the way he like I was gonna take your soul with me as he like flops onto the, I don't know the dashboard I guess, um, was pretty uh pretty insane. But I love that little sequence, and then when Camille loses his mind, man. Oh yeah, we I want to I want to talk about that in a minute, but okay. I do. I do want to touch on the death that affected me mu uh, the most, which was Emma's death. Oh, yeah. Um, where Camille has to release her body from that ship out into space, and she slowly dies. Where she's like, slowly die. I was like, why are you doing this to me, Gundam? Why are you dragging out the death? Like, everyone else dies, like, so quick. It's just, like, quick, like, explosion, and they're dead. But it was just, like, a slow death for emma that was so brutal and i feel like you know especially starting out with that kind of peppered this whole episode with just like a solemn vibe to it i really enjoyed the fight between haman and char i felt like that was really mm -hmm. interesting especially since char was so 
like so inept at fighting her. Like she was just so much better. So it's kind of interesting, you know, to see him be so like um un like undermatched. Like he just he just ha he was not uh, nearly as good good enough to fight her. Um and then I definitely want to talk about the ending with Camille. Um, anyone else want to kind of touch on their thoughts before we get to that, Simon? Um, I don't have a whole lot to say. I uh, honestly, at this point, I haven't really seen the end of the show, so oh, everything dude. is a little bit of spoilers <laughs> right now. But it's all good. We're vibing. We're vibing. Alex, what's good? Yeah, I was gonna ask Michael. Did you feel like did uh, Emma's death? deserved like should she have died in action or the way she did die i liked the way that she died i mean like it was brutal but i like to feel so um yeah it was like i felt like it was kind of it was kind of nice to have this very human moment between her and camille because i yeah. feel like out of the relationships that they that camille had she was the one that treated him the most like just another human being, not like a commodity. Yeah. Um, and I agree. was very honest with him. And so it was a very honest death, you know, with her, with him treating her as like, you know, this figure that he really respected. Um, so spoiler alert, Simon, it's, it's really fucking hard to watch. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm planning on watching it, the rest of it tonight. Um, yeah. Honestly, it's, it's already like so fucking late where I am. Like, I'm just gonna fuck my brain up. I'm so <laughs> excited for it. It's uh, it's definitely tough. It's a tough one. Um, and then, you know, obviously we'll we'll get your reaction. We'll have another whole episode to talk about. Honestly, to um, be completely frank, I'm like, it sounds like they kind of red weddinged it. Like that is, I I, I kind of like the perspective that I have of like being in shock of like the death toll because like leading in. Because, like, I, I haven't watched the last four episodes, I think it is. And that's when it seems like they really, like, picked up the, like, the um engine kind of got rolling on them ticking off people. Which seems mm -hmm. like, to me, they were setting up for, like, um Double Zeta, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. But, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to, like, finishing it off. I'm glad that they gave Emma, like, not just, like, another... um like death because emma was definitely not like another just like mobile suit pilot you know what i'm saying uh -huh. yeah like she had a lot more like jared honestly like was just another mobile suit pilot all of the captains in the um in the like the bridge like they were just kind of like another i i don't know i i kind of equated them with like the mobile suit pilots like a quick explosion i think would have been you know sufficient to kill them off but emma had yeah. a ton of you know like other subplots so i'm glad it, it it would have been i think that we would have been talking about how frustrating it was if she would have gotten killed by just like an, a, a a quick definitely you know yeah yeah i don't know i i, I like take everything i say with a grain of salt because i i'll have way more <laughs> to say um yeah. moving forward which i'm really really excited to say i'm sure i'm gonna be like fucking screaming at the beginning of the next episode but anyway i'll leave it up to y'all there's one shot when the that I really stuck with me is when the laser is firing and it's about to pass through that ship and her body's like midair and it lights up with electricity as it passes through. That was really well animated and uh yeah that that moment stuck with me. But you know Zeta is it's dark 
and it's what I think Yoshiyuki Tomino wanted to do in terms of if you like think about what he wanted to do with 0079 right and the novelization and uh the way he did that you know he definitely gained street cred with Gundam and uh you know the the gloves were off for Zeta he was he was able to do a little bit more of, of what he wanted to do he had more freedom so I think that's why Zeta is more it's darker it's yeah more serious Absolutely. yeah yeah I think I was reading that Tomino was in a like a pretty deep depression making this and like really wanted to show how dark he can make the story and especially the ending I mean it's pretty like the show's riddled with darkness throughout but he really wanted to just commit to it being what it is. And Simon, you're right to say it is Red Wedding because everything in these last episodes just comes to like an absolute head and everybody kind of gets some sort of resolution, mostly in death. I and wonder why I... that is that like people in these deep depressions seem to use like mecha anime as an outlet because I know that like Neon, um, or what was a- that? A- Neon Genesis. Yeah, Ava. Yeah. Um, the writer of that was also in just like a wildly deep depression um, yeah. while yeah. writing that. And I think it's just because, I don't know, like maybe like mecha anime kind of like provide this, you know, like kind of doomsday end of world type scenario in which that like these humans can cause way more harm than, you know, they can by themselves. And it's just like a good outlet to kind of you know, make humans cause as much destruction as humanly possible. That's a great um, comparison because, in, you know, in both respects, Neon Evangelion kind of violates the the structure of what you expect from a mech anime. And, uh, you know, and I think in the same, Zeta does that a little bit too, like in terms of the ending. You know, mm-hmm. there's, it feels like there's a, so much unresolved and the character, like Camille's fate is almost more tragic than the people who end up dying in a lot of different yeah. ways. And uh, it just leaves you feeling a little like, Ugh. I feel like Evangelion does the same thing. And uh, definitely so it's yeah. interesting the, that you bring those two up because that's true. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought it up because they are, to me, I mean, I love Evangelion. I think oh it's a, a masterpiece, and I think that the darkness and the fucking depression of it is, like, it's a show about depression that just, like, has sick robots. Like, uh-huh. full stop. Like, that's all that show's about. And I think that this is not nearly as, like, it's a lot more straightforward. There's a lot less metaphor in this show. Um, but it is very reminiscent of Ava. In the way that it treats its characters, and especially Shin, how Shinji's treated in Evangelion is like very similar to how Camille is, like a commodity, almost like kind of being used, um, you know, both child soldiers. Yep. I mean, but... I feel like being in, like, you know, like looking at that through the lens of like being like a depressed individual, like you frequently feel like you're just this entity that is being used by everybody around you mm-hmm. and i think that like even i don't i don't know why like mecca is such a you know a ripe um you know medium for like you know kind of ex- experiencing depression through but 
I almost wonder if Rekua is a mouthpiece for Tomino sometimes. Like her character arc, where she's like struggling to find meaning in life. And I mean, yeah. like, Char's and also struggling, struggling to, to find, find meaning in a right. lot of. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, 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 I think that if we were to like zoom out even more, we would find that, you know, like this, even though it seems seemingly like it was just like really, really goofy, it really is kind of there's a lot of subtext of like depression and stuff in in the show because it's like a lot of you know people kind of playing out these scenarios that you think that would happen in your head but they don't actually end up being that and Mm -hmm. that is definitely like you know a product of anxiety and things so i don't know it was a really good show and i'm really glad that um whatever you know production company gave tomino like the freedom yeah, it's just, like, cool to see that, you know, they trusted him with it, and he did an excellent job, and I always like to see, you know, artists being able to, you know, make a career and, like, prosper in this scenario, and did he have uh, anything to, any, like, credits in Zeta, or in Double Zeta? Yes, yeah, he's the director as well, and Fuck story. Yeah. Dude, that fucking rules. But Double Zeta is a reaction to Zeta in the way that it is um, going to be a whiplash effect on us, I think, going from how this ends. But um, real quick, before we do wrap up, I did want to kind of touch on the ending for Camille. Christian, what did you take from what happens here at the end of this episode? What happens to Camille? Like, we know he, he harnesses the power kind of in an anime style, but in a more realistic anime style. Basically, like, all the all of our fallen comrades kind of help him, you know, in this last moment, give him, like, this new type of ability to kill Sirocco. And then it, Sirocco says something, and then Camille seems to be just a shell of a human left at the end. What do you guys think happens here? Like, should we... I guess the as a follow up question, should we take what should we take what Sorako said literally? Like he stole Camille's new type soul, like somehow with because Sorako's a pretty powerful new type himself. Like his his psychic energy has a lot of pressure, and so did he through his last gasp? Did he rip? his identity, his soul away from him, and so that's why he's left as this, like, simpleton, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, like, yeah, I didn't really catch the first watch what Sirocco said. I just kind of took it as, like, Camille basically just completely broke, had, like, a psychotic break almost from what he was experiencing. And maybe it just, like, basically short-circuited his brain. I don't know. It was brutal to see, though, I have to say. And it left me, like, feeling so just upset. Like, yeah. I was very viscerally upset by it. Because I'm, like, this character who I kind of, you know, he's kind of mids, but at the same time, like, he had a lot of promise. Like, I felt like he could have been a really interesting character going forward. Just kind of dies but also doesn't it i don't know alex what were you, what were your thoughts on this like ending yeah i kind of with you i didn't really know what he said what soccer said the first time and i could get yeah camille 
kind of. I think it, yeah, the experience of seeing everyone he's he's killed as well, mm-hmm. not everyone, but like seeing everyone he's killed, everyone he, all of his friends, all of his family like, at this point, family, like having to see everyone he knows dead. Like I can't imagine like kind of coming out of that and being okay. Yeah, right. I like really yeah. want to see how like if if he shows up at all in Double Zeta, how he shows up. Like, do we get more of this broken version of him at all? Like, because that would be kind of interesting, but also hard to watch. Yeah. And knowing that Zeta's, Double Zeta's a lot more comedic in tone and light, it'd be very surprising for us to have this, like, you know, shell of a human Camille. Yeah. I don't know, though. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I, I had the same feeling. I was excited to see what where else he might pop up in the universe, but it seems as if this is it for him. Like he just had this like terrible fate, you know. And that's yeah. That. Kind of, yeah. Almost biblical in a sense, kind uh-huh. of like sacrificing yeah. himself. Um, but like, I wonder because we haven't really had a good explanation of like how using new type abilities affects you as a person. Yeah. Did he just use too much of his abilities all at once? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, I'm as like kind of puzzled by it but as anyone like i'm wondering Mm. i'm thinking before we do the um wrap-up episode where we finally cut off our coverage of uh zeta i think i might (laughs) try and watch the movies and i'm wondering if there's gonna be any more kind of a coda to this story and like anything else at the end um but for now i'm left just puzzled and kind of like relieved how good it was yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and but it's a great ending because it's it leaves a lot of room for an additional story with Camille, mm-hmm. but it also it's it's also very like finalizing with Camille. Like either like, yeah, I'm left wondering what happened to him, but also you know yeah, he kind of sacrificed himself for everything, so like he is kind of as good as dead right now. So yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I like how they left it open ended and closed at the same time. You almost felt like they could have done whatever they want. Like they could have like a story of him redeeming his like ability, or like yeah. redeeming himself, or like bringing him his conscience back. Or it could just be this is it for him for the rest of his life. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just have to find out. We'll just have um, to find any, out later, boys. Any last thoughts before we wrap this one up, guys? Damn. <laughs> yeah. This good. Book. Damn with a B. <laughs> damn. Damn. Um. All right, so next week we're going to do an episode which we already recorded, which is a tier list of characters, uh, just me, Alex, and Simon. I think what we're going to try and do the next week is after that is to cover the Mobile Suit Zeta versus Gundam video game, if we can find a way to emulate it. Um, I got you, don't you? Do you mean play legally it? play it? Yeah, yeah, buy yeah. a GameCube and play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I- we legally have to say this: we do not support any illegal. No. What's the assumption of media? Gundam. I think it's called Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam versus Gundam or something like that. Okay. Um. But so yeah, we'll cover that if we can. Um. Legally, of course, we don't torrent <laughs> or stream illegally, anything like that. Nope. Never. Um, never done it. <laughs> and then after I do. that, we will do a wrap-up episode where we finally discuss all of. Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, and we also talk about our uh, Gundam model kits that we've built. So, Hell yeah. I have 
I have one last major hot take to take with this series. Should yeah. I save it now? Should I save it for the, the final wrap-up? Save wrap it for the so. final wrap-up. Yeah. Save I, think it. like, right. I think it's like 2 a.m. Simon's time, so let's save yeah. it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bro, I'm fucking debated, but like in the way that like I'm sleep deprived of fuck. Like it's <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll save that one. But um, right. So yeah, plenty of more Zeta coverage to come. So if you guys um, you know, have any things you want to mention and we might throw out some questions on reddit and get uh you know maybe a couple of bonus episodes out as well i think that this uh series is going to be beloved by us and i know it's beloved by a lot of the fans so i'm yeah. sure that we we do it right um in our service for it before we move on to double zeta um Alex, uh, last thought? one last thing to add uh uh probably about the time this episode is coming out you should see on all social media as a survey just asking about your experience with Gundam, uh, fill it out if you want. Just trying to know who our people, who our fans are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, knowing what everyone listening to the show's relationship to the show is, to Gundam is, will help us tailor how we do the content. Um, you know, how much we want to get into the weeds of, you know, the character motivations and give our TED Talks on what fucking Char, you know, has in his back pocket or, you know. Just try and keep it light and comedic, um, but you know we'll we'll try and take all that stuff in consideration moving forward. Um, but anyway, yeah. Speaking of socials, please give us a uh, follow on Twitter and on Instagram. We got a Facebook. Um, you'll see some stuff popping up on the Gundam Reddit uh, from us as well. Um, please listen to DJ RX seventy eight, who has lended us his music for our intro and outro. And other than that, we love you all so much. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Ride a cop car. Kisses.